Radio. Who is Mary and how does she change lives? A talk by Father Albert Bosniowski at the Immaculata Mission School 2015, held at the Sacred Heart Retreat Centre in Croydon, Melbourne. Mother introduced me little B, and she did mention uh, about uh, our shrine uh, dedicated to Our Lady of Częstochowa. We also call her Black Madonna back in Poland. That, that shrine uh, and image or icon of Black Madonna has huge impact on uh, our religious community. Just briefly to some of you who never had anything to do with us, Pauline fathers and brothers, uh, uh, what, what this community is about. Established uh, almost 800 years ago, similar time like uh, Carmelites, uh, Franciscans and Dominicans, different part of Europe in Hungary. Uh, and as a patron saint, we took uh, Saint Paul Hermit, not apostle, not, there are a few Saint Pauls, uh, Saint Paul Hermit is the Egyptian Coptic, uh, this day saint, uh, from early uh, church life, living in the desert uh, for uh, almost uh, 90 years. He passed away when he was 113, uh, but uh, 90 years alone in the desert with God. And when our first community was established, uh, uh, fathers um, decided that they want to have kind of that a model of life, the spiritual life, desert life, penitential uh, life. And that's why St. Paul became our patron saint. We took name after him, uh, even if the founder of the order, of the order was St. Uh, Blessed Eusebius. Uh, but uh, the reality of the life, it was typically monastic life. Locked in. We were are not allowed to go outside. We were not allowed to do any pastoral work. If that is this day's back, I will not stand in front of you <laughs> and Brother John as well. We will be somewhere locked in, in the monastery and praying and doing kind of penance for you guys. But we are here and do different penance, <laughs> deal with the people. <laughs> but... That, that, that's what the church tells us. That is another way of doing penance. Uh, 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 yeah, sometimes the indoor life is much easier. Much easier. <laughs> uh, but why I'm saying that, that brief history? Because uh, Blessed Virgin Mary wasn't uh, kind of uh, uh, part of... It was in the sense that, that we did have great devotion to her, but... Because of shrine in Częstochowa, which was established uh, 600 years ago, in 1382, she put our life upside down, and we can blame her for quite a lot. Uh, as, as a religious order, uh, trying to keep our charism, our mission, living uh, that typical monastic life, what St. Paul had in the desert, living alone with God, not mixing with the people at all, he was founded just before he uh, died by St. Anthony Abbot, another great Egyptian saint from the early church. But that, that was the only way when he met with the people just before he, he died. Otherwise, he was always alone with God. And that was the whole idea uh, about our community. Blessed Virgin Mary, she is a troublemaker. I can safely say that. <laughs> 
uh, because in the Bible later on we can see that, that she does strange things. Uh, uh, and, uh, and that's what she did to us. Coming with this black Madonna icon to Częstochowa, then she attracted so many people, uh, thousands and millions. These days we have about between four or five million people a year visiting our shrine, coming as a pilgrims, coming uh, as a tourists, but uh, attracted by uh, that place, especially her presence in the icon. And, and that's what uh, we come as a Pauline Fathers these days. Wherever we go, we try to promote Marian devotion. That is our priority. That is uh, the way what we can see that she is sending us uh, for, for, for the job and taking us from closure, uh, from the monastery uh, life outside to be with people. But I will come later on to, to the rest of this story. <laughs> but now if we can start uh, th this talk. Probably most of you heard about uh, Scott Hahn. Uh, he's one of the uh, famous uh, convert, we can say, uh, but uh, now one of the great, greatest, I think, uh, scripture uh, theologian in, in our Catholic Church, coming from Protestant background, Presbyterian Church, and being uh, a teacher of scripture in his church. Later on, when he joined the Catholic Church, uh, he really gave us so many beautiful books, explanations about our faith based on the scripture. But one of the simple stories from his life uh, in the book, uh, what he wrote about the Blessed Virgin Mary, is, is his personal testimony when he was a teenage boy at school. Uh, and then one day he got sick, uh, sick bay, and then school office rang uh, home, and a mom uh, came to pick up him from, from the school. And typical reaction of the young men, teenage men. And on the way, when they were leaving the, the school office, he just grabbed mom, stopped her and said, uh, mom, can you walk a few meters ahead of me? That the nobody from school, from my friends, can see that I'm mommy boy. And then <laughs> she was so uh, humble and obedient to the request. She walked on the front of him, went to the car, wait for, for Scott to, to join her, took him back home. And then uh, evening, when his father uh, came back home, mom did share that story with his uh, father. And the Scott was called uh, by his father to his room and, and said, and his father told him, Scott, make sure that you are never ever ashamed of your mother wherever you go. And it, it was something what really affected Scott's life and later on did help him in his way to discover the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary in, in our lives as a Catholic people, as a Church of Jesus Christ. Because uh, relationship, what we have with our uh, mothers and that wonderful uh, gift of life what they gave us and then love and care later on it is something what we shouldn't ever be ashamed. doesn't matter what the other people think. And it is the same about us as a Catholic Church. As you can see, sometimes this devotion to Our Lady is not an easy one. Mostly, uh, we are questioned uh, by other dominations, other religions. Uh, if you present yourself as a Catholic, 
this is very often first ac ac accusation. What about Mary? You, you really uh, worship her as a goddess. Uh, that is wrong. The Bible doesn't uh, want that. Uh, God doesn't want that. She is not a god goddess. She is one like us. And, and straight away all the accusations goes. Uh, and sometimes we are ashamed. What I can say, how I, I can explain, what I can tell these people to defend uh, my love for my mother. And, and this is reality. And that's what, what I hope so this mission school can help you as well. And that's what I will try to go with you in this uh, uh, talk. Firstly, what we already heard in our talks about the uh, history of our salvation, uh, Blessed Virgin Mary took that special role in the history of the salvation. As a most simple young uh, woman, uh, being the part of the history of salvation chosen by God uh, to the mission, what she couldn't really imagine in, in her life. Uh, probably like every other human uh, being in that time, the Jewish woman, they knew about Messiah, and they were expecting that someone else will take that role, that will be probably someone from the palace, uh, uh, and then whatever, probably even the Messiah appeared, come from the sky, something like that. Not that he will come through her. And that's why uh, when Dr. Adam Cooper was telling us her yes in the Magnificat, it was the yes which really changed everything in her own personal life, but taking on herself also the whole humankind. She was representing all of us. And that's what was so huge and incredible, that having Blessed Virgin Mary uh, as a this simple woman and accepting God's will in her life, she took that part of the human history. And what is, is happening now, we can see that is the special channel established between God and humankind, and humankind and God. And that channel of the special grace, grace which is Jesus Christ himself uh, as a savior, is established by Mary. Uh, in, in that moment when uh, the Annunciation happening and then when she is saying yes to God, the channel is uh, made. That God can come uh, to be one of us and then can be connected with us. And then she is also the channel to take uh, us to God as well. And that's what we have to, I think, remember as a certain image, Saint Louis Guignon de Morfond, the one who really uh, explained to us the best possible way what the devotion to Blessed Virgin Mary is. That's what he, he reminds us. She is at that kind of the channel, connection from God, and then through her, Jesus Christ, our Savior, comes, and then through her, we can go back to God with everything what we ask of him. And that's why uh, in that moment when we in the Bible open uh, the, uh, the Gospels and read about the Annunciation and the Magnificat, uh, what uh, Blessed Virgin Mary uh, uh, sings, praising God and taking him uh, with accepting God's will, it is the, probably the most important uh, moment in this devotion to Our Lady. And this is something what I think, talking with you guys uh, these few days and in different occasions, one of the biggest difficulty what we all have, it is to find the God's will, 
to accept God's will uh, uh, and to say yes, that comes from God. Uh, uh, this is one of the biggest things what we all, of, all have. Uh, in the discerning process of life, vocations, whatever that vocation it is, in our daily life, when we're talking about daily things, what God really wants me to do. And I think that's what, again, the Church brings back to us, Blessed Virgin Mary, that very simple life situation, what she is facing, standing in front of the angel who is coming with the announcement, and then she has no idea exactly uh, how that uh, announcement will affect her. She knows the basic things about promises from the Old Testament. She, as a Jewish girl, a religious girl, she has that education and understanding, but she has no kind of, of extraordinary knowledge or understanding in that moment what this announcement practically means to her. And I think this is that, that very important moment for all of us, that uh, the God's will is revealed to us, but not always we can understand that, that will. We not always can have full explanation uh, from God. And the moment of trusting God, the moment uh, basing on my foundation what I have in my faith, like Mary, having the basic foundation of uh, Jewish religion and all the promises from the Old Testament, that was good enough to say yes to God. Whatever comes, I accept. Uh, she is afraid, for sure. She is trembling and, and somewhere inside uh, asking a thousand questions uh, what, what that means to her but ready to say yes. And this is something what I think we all of, of us has to, in a certain way, try to see and trying to imitate Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, uh, how she accepts God's will, uh, because uh, Jesus Christ later on shows us the same way, only in the, in the Gethsemane Garden, only accepting Father's will, we fulfill our vocation and we fulfill our full happiness in the life. But Mary is the one who begins everything and showing us uh, that way. And uh, that's why uh, we have to come back to that very moment in our prayers, in our meditations, in, in the way how the church prays. And then, for example, when we pray the Holy Rosary, uh, the first mystery, joyful mystery, it is about that moment. That's why we reflect, remind ourselves all the time praying rosary in that very moment uh, of history of our salvation, when the channel between God and us is uh, established, and then the grace comes upon us. This is something what we can see in the Gospel. The churches follow all these uh, teachings and understanding, and then wants uh, to take us a little bit further uh, with the devotion to Our Lady, uh, and again, because that devotion never was easy, it's not only our time that people do question uh, devotion to Our Lady uh, and uh, ask uh, you guys or myself uh, uh, what that devotion means. Early church had the similar uh, kind of uh, situation, asking uh, certain uh, questions about Mary, her role, and, and uh, is she... Uh, higher than, than us as a human beings, if she, because she's chosen by God, maybe she is half human, half goddess. Uh, 
all that kind of the questions uh, were raised up. And uh, church uh, came with a certain way to help the people, and that's why we have doctrine of our faith and dogmas in our faith uh, to help us uh, to see that, that the answer finally is given to us. If we have kind of the difficulty to find our own explanation, if we have difficulty uh, to sometimes to understand, then the church comes with the, the final uh, definition uh, about the parts of our faith. And we have quite few dogmas in in our Catholic Church. We have four dogmas about Blessed Virgin Mary. They are dogmas who are helping us to, again, to have this understanding, but also devotion to Our Lady. The first one is the dogma about Mother of God, Theotokos. The second is her virginity, and then Immaculate Conception and Assumption uh, to, to Heaven. Uh, but historically, this is the way how they were proclaimed. But I think if we try to understand Blessed Virgin Mary, let's start fr from the beginning. The Immaculate Conception will be the first. Uh, because before she was born, she was already chosen by God uh, to the special job. And this dogma did create a lot of difficulty for the theologians, uh, for, for the church people. Uh, that dog, this dogma, it was one of the, the most difficult to explain uh, because there's no so much any written word in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, uh, proving uh, this dogma. And took uh, theologians, uh, uh, probably we will say, uh, 18 centuries to, to finally to, uh, to give the, the proper answer. What is amazing uh, about uh, this dogma about Immaculate Conception, people always believed that. People always practiced that. In the Eastern churches, uh, Middle East, and then in the West church as well, from beginning of the medieval time, uh, Middle Ages time, everything uh, people did believe that Blessed Virgin Mary is without sin. But how that happened, how that is possible, how we can prove that, nobody uh, could explain. Uh, and there was a lot of discussions, fights, uh, even between the religious orders, between Carmelites, Franciscans, uh, and, uh, and Dominicans, uh, and they were fighting with each other, uh, uh, trying to prove, but also trying to say, no, we can't say that, we can't officially teach that. Uh, but finally, yes, we came to, to the solution to, to understand. The theologians came uh, with finally with understanding that, yes, Blessed Virgin Mary is without sin, because not of her own kind of wonderful way of life, because of her wonderful work or hard work or uh, even pain. She is saved from the sin, even original sin, because of Jesus Christ. That everything did happen before she was born. That was God's decision. And that was Jesus Christ saving her already before she was born. And then when she was conceived, she wasn't touched by the original sin for the sake of our Savior coming through her to this world. And this is strictly 
theological explanation is nothing really much as a word in the Bible, but theologians explained in that way, that she was saved from sin, even ordinal sin, for the sake to give birth for the Savior, for God, that God can't come to the channel which could be touched by the stains of any sin. And that's why she was protected, saved, for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he saved her. Simple like that, but took 1,800 years, practically, <laughs> to come to that kind of solution. And then Blessed Virgin Mary proved that uh, in the apparitions in Lourdes, when she introduced herself to the little Bernadette, I am Immaculate Conception. And that that poor girl from this simple village had no religious education to ever to use that kind of the terms, to understand that Blessed Virgin Mary is called in that name. She just repeated what she heard when Mary introduced herself to her, I am Immaculate Conception. And, and that's why the church understood, yes, the proof came even from heaven that she is Immaculate Conception. And then we have the uh, dogma of her virginity. And it's one of the, probably the most beautiful uh, dogma as well, which uh, was uh, kept in the church life as well, because understanding, again, she was saved from original sin, but also she was saved from any other sin, even the sin uh, which could be associated with our flesh. And then God protect her and gave her strength to be a virgin for all her life because virginity is the most beautiful gift what we can offer to God. If you love someone and if you want to be with this person totally, fully committed for the whole life, you want to give everything in the best possible way, the purest possible way. And and that purity of our body and purity of our soul is this wonderful gift what you prepare for your chosen person. And that's why the church was always standing so strongly towards virginity before marriage in all our life. And virginity as a symbol of our pure soul and body reserved for someone who is choice of my life, reserved even for God, for us religious uh, uh, priests uh, as well. This is one of the most beautiful gifts what we have to the celibacy or to the uh, vow of uh, chastity offer to God. And that's why virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary is her gift and commitment to, to, to God uh, express in that way of life. And that's what the church again and all the people during the history of the church could see in the Blessed Virgin Mary, that she reserved everything for God. She sacrificed everything, uh, even her marriage, relationship with uh, Joseph, and sacrificed everything uh, what, as a woman, what, what she had, uh, even her physical needs uh, uh, for the sake of, of God, for the love of God. And again, this dogma became one of the, the, the most uh, important. And then, obviously, what we celebrated uh, on the 1st of January, the Feast uh, of uh, uh, Mother of God, Theotokos. And 
that was another kind of the discussion between theologians uh, and, and ordinary people. How can we call Mary mother of God? Okay, she gave birth uh, to Jesus Christ. He is her son in flesh, but people could see him in flesh. How we can uh, address Mary as a mother of God, if God is the Almighty One, uh, Creator, and everything is in charge? How his creation can be his mother? Uh, and that was kind of the questions what people were asking. She was created, made by God. She can't be uh, the mother of God in, in that sense. But uh, again, the church understood because of Jesus Christ came through her in flesh. And but because Jesus Christ is also God and he has that divine nature and giving birth to divine Jesus, we can say, she, she can be addressed mother of God. And then becoming mother of God, she be becomes also our mother. And that's why the dogma simply was approved. And then we have the last dogma, which came not long ago, uh, the last century, Pope Pius XII declared another dogma, a dogma of that Mary with body and soul was taken to heaven. Jesus Christ protected her again. He protected her on the beginning from any sin, and then he protected her after her death from to be corrupted by the power of death, that her body can be destroyed. And that's why she's the very first one with the body and soul as a purely and only human being, she is taken to heaven and received that glorious body, what is promised to all of us. Jesus Christ rose from the death in his glorious form, and he showed us this is our final destination. That's what we are called all to be with him one day when we rise from the dead. But Mary, as a purely and only human being, she is already in with him receiving that kind of the reward for her life. And that's why that dogma, it is so important in the church life as well, because it's showing us our, our final destination, but also is the closing kind of the chapter in, in Mary's life, from the beginning, protected from the sin, as an immaculate conception, and then and, and giving the birth and becoming the channel of God's grace, then through all her life, then to the final stage when she is taken with the body and soul, protected, safe from corruption uh, of sin and corruption of death, then she is now in heaven and waiting for us, we can say. And my friends, this is kind of theological explanation. I will not go to too many details uh, because it is a thousand books written about that. And, then, and obviously we, we can learn more. But to give you some basic idea what the church teaching is about Blessed Virgin Mary and what we stand in our faith about the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, I always believe we have to, what we believe, we have to learn how to use things practically. That's why when I spoke about Jesus Christ, uh, I, I believe uh, always that it, it is practical things of everything what, what we believe. And that's what is my whole life. If I believe Jesus Christ, I commit my life to him, he is part of my life. 
And that's why uh, whatever I'm going through in my life, I know that he is with me and I know he can save me. Believing and trusting Blessed Virgin Mary in her role of salvation, history of salvation, again, we have to be practically attached with her. We have to learn from her how to imitate Jesus Christ and how to be connected with God. And that's what she, she does to, to all of us, helping us to establish that kind of the relationship what she has uh, with Jesus Christ and her role in our history of salvation. Yes, she became the, the channel of grace. It is another title what many people making pressure of the Holy Father. John Paul II was pressed many times to declare another dogma, uh, that Our Lady is mediatrix of all graces, that she is the one who uh, receive all the graces from God and pass to, her, to us. And she is the one who also take our requests to God. That, 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 that connection. And the church strongly believes for that. And that's what we also uh, believe in, in our practice or pastoral way of life. We all know that beautiful story from the Gospel of St. John, wedding uh, in, in Cana. And I will read this passage to you because this is very important for us as the Pauline Fathers as well. I will explain why. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tested the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel what we read as a Pauline Fathers practically every day in our shrine in Częstochowa. The Feast of Our Lady of Częstochowa the liturgy what the church gave us with the gospel for the day is the gospel from the wedding in, in Cana in Galilee. Why? With the full understanding of what we were talking now, that Mary, she is the one who has all the power, we can say, to, to help us and change our life uh, situation. 
What is happening exactly during the story in Cana in Galilee, we, we can see how Blessed Virgin Mary can change almost history of salvation. Jesus says to her, it's not my time yet. Woman, what do you want from me? It's not my time yet. God, my Father, has different plans. This couple, they knew they are getting married. They knew they have to prepare everything. The hospitality is so important in the Middle East. And then and everyone knows exactly what that involves, whole preparation and making sure that is no drama. But Mary is the one, a typical woman, uh, spotting everything, what is going wrong. <laughs> Mothers at home, they do that. We know that quite well. Uh, they, they know if something goes wrong uh, and when we are in trouble. And, and that's what Mary is. She, she can see straight away this young couple in the, in the big trouble. People will never give them rest if they neglect hospitality. They will have no life in that village uh, for the rest of their life. Simply like, like that. That's breaking hospitality in that time in the Middle Eastern culture, it, it was practically end of life. And that's why she can see bigger picture what this young couple in the big trouble are. And that's why she comes to Jesus Christ and son, help them. That is her request. Help them in the sense to save these young people from the trouble, save their lives. And Jesus has the hesit hesitation because simply he knows it's not his time yet. But because Mother is asking because uh, the mother is putting that kind of the pressure. We can say he's breaking his father's will. <laughs> he's breaking his father's plan of salvation that is not his time yet. And this is the moment what, what we can see that Blessed Virgin Mary has a power to change God's plans. <laughs> the Blessed Virgin Mary has a power to to ask Jesus Christ to perform miracles which uh, he wasn't really planning to do. And that's why it is so powerful intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. One of the examples from our modern time, we, we can say, probably most of you heard about the story about the Fatima secrets. And the third one, which is talking about the Pope or men in the white robes who will be killed and and, and that will be the beginning of the end. In the apparitions in Fatima, Our Lady has so quite few different requests and asking for the prayer, for the conversion, for end of the, the walls, and then revealing them in three different stages. But the third one was always kept secret because uh, even John 23rd was saying, if the people will find out what this secret is about, that will be kind of the uh, panicking stage of life in the, in the church, in the world. And uh, when John Paul II ordered this third secret of Fatima will be revealed, he, he did that after uh, the assassination, when, when he was shot. But it was quite good explanation given to us by Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, explaining what this secret means. But it is also understanding that that person in white garment or robes shot and dead, supposed to be a pope, the head of the church. But John Paul II said after his coming back from the hospital after shooting, that someone shot, but an, another one person 
was guiding the bullet. And he took that bullet and went to Fatima uh, and left in the crown of Our Lady uh, as a gift and thanksgiving that she saved him. She changed again the history of salvation. What she or promised or uh, said in the third secret of Fatima was changed because of her influence again. And that's why we can see that Blessed Virgin Mary has a power to change the things. And then in the practical way, uh, what, what I would like to share with you again, in, in our shrine of Częstochowa, uh, having all these pilgrims coming, uh, it is quite a life experience to, to all of us as a Paulines, uh, uh, as a priest uh, working there, and especially hearing confession, uh, what that place means. And our shrines as well. Here in Australia, uh, Berima, Penrose Park, or Marian Valley in Queensland, uh, uh, wherever we go as a priest, and all these places, Fatima, Lourdes, there's a whole purpose uh, for, for they, these places exist. They exist because we can come to Blessed Virgin Mary to pray for her intercession, ask for her help and support with all the things what we are going through. Pilgrimage, it is that kind of the understanding. And again, John Paul II many times reminded us that we are all pilgrims. We are on the journey towards God. And we need the places when the pilgrimage physically can be done, when we can refresh, rebuild, strengthen our connection with God. And most of the shrines, they are dedicated to Blessed Virgin Mary. Again, why? Because of her powerful intercession, her way of taking our cases to God, and then talking with Jesus Christ, we can say, to fix these things for us. Uh, like she did in the wedding in Cana, how she did for John Paul II, and how she does for every one of us. One of the days of my life, what I remember from Częstochowa, soon after my ordination, a few months, we have the custom, the newly ordained priests uh, usually go for the first months uh, to work in, in our shrine. Summertime, the busiest ever, when uh, hundreds of thousands of people come every day uh, to shrine. And our first job, it is to sit in the confessional room and hear confessions. <laughs> As a young ones, <laughs> still uh, a zeal inside us <laughs> to, to, to hear confessions. Uh, one of the pilgrimage what we have, because there are different group of people coming uh, uh, to our shrine. One of them is the pilgrimage of the alcoholics, former alcoholics. Uh, what is the first word? <laughs> Can you help me? Anomalous, exactly. Okay. And they come from around Poland. That is like a designated day advertised and all of them comes uh, for the pilgrimage which is organized for them. And our role as a custodian of the shrines, as a Pauline priest, is just sit in the confessional boxes to hear the confessions. And I will never forget that day, because I was sitting about five or six hours on, on that day, nonstop, uh, hearing confessions of, of, of people, which uh, shocked me to the end, because they are not ordinary people. There are people after really life shocking experience. People who already change, people who are already begging for, for the grace to, to rebuild on life. And we are talking about the confessions with almost each one of them. My last confession was 
10 years ago, 15, 20, something like that. Never a few weeks ago, a few months. That was usually years. And starting from the moment that I really destroyed my family, I, I, I bashed my wife, I, I was kicking my children, I wasted everything what the family could produce, and that was one after another shocking life stories of the people who were destroying everything and then own lives as well. Even to the point that, that uh, I did have a confession that they killed other people uh, in, in the uh, drunk uh, uh, party, uh, fighting with each other and grabbed the knife and, and, and he said, I killed my own brother during that uh, dr drinking party. And he said, I am in the prison. Now I, I was released for this pilgrimage. I got the permission to come here. But he said, I came here to pray and ask Blessed Virgin Mary to help me that on the day when I will be released from, from the prison, that I can go back home and face my own mother to s tell her that I did kill her other, other son. And, and sitting in the confessional room, representing God's grace, uh, that, that was the moment to help these people to understand that Blessed Virgin Mary is the one who can help them. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the one who can take all these burdens and now as a channel go back to Jesus Christ and fix with Jesus Christ everything what was lost. Marriage, children, family, money, everything, and even lives. And that was the moment for me. I was walking out from that confessional room, honestly, on the wall. Like physically, I was exhausted, just grabbing the walls, trying to get back to my room because I had enough. Uh, but it was one of the most rewarding days to understand my vocation as a priest, but also serving in the Marian shrine and seeing how Blessed Virgin Mary attracts or brings the people to her that she can take all these cases, requests to Jesus Christ that he can fix because he has the power to fix. And this is again the whole meaning of, of, of our Marian devotion. She is not the one who can fix the things. She takes them to Jesus Christ. She goes and says, son, do this. Help them. Save them. Son, this is your job. But she is the one who can listen as a mother the one who spots all these our problems, the one who understands in the mother's love way that, that she is not judging us, that we wasted our life, that we killed our own brother, that we destroyed our family, wife, that the worst confessions were from the women who did exactly the same. It is quite easy to hear the man is alcoholic and wasting when the woman comes and says what she does to her own children because she's alcoholic. That was even more difficult for me to digest, to understand how that is possible. But again, they came to Mary because woman to woman to talk and find support. And that's what I could see. That this is the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary in our human life, in our church life. And every time when you pray to Our Lady, when you take the rosary beads to your hands, this is what, what we meditate. Meditate the history of salvation, what she did, what Jesus Christ can do for us, and uh, how uh, she can change our lives. 
maybe one more story and then I finish. <laughs> this time from Australia, <laughs> not from Poland. Uh, from our shrine in, in, in Penrose Park. Uh, when, when I was working there, one day the woman came uh, to pray at, at the grotto. On back of our property, we have the huge natural rock and this Australian bush and the grotto with the statue of Our Lady of Lourdes. And this woman uh, came to pray there. And then I, I was cleaning, uh, working in, in the shrines area, and she came to me and asked, are you a priest? And I said, yes. And she said, I would like to share with you the, the story, why I'm here. She said, I came here to this shrine with the rosary beads to, to, to hang them on next to the statue of Our Lady. Some people do that as a kind of the gifts, uh, asking for her intercession. But she said, I just came to with these rosary beads, and they're originally from Fatima, because she said, I'm the Portuguese background, and then I got these beads, rosary beads from, from Fatima. And then I came to say goodbye to Our Lady, to, to Jesus Christ. My life is upside down. My husband is very difficult, tough man. I have no relation with him, relationship. Uh, he, he doesn't understand me. Our uh, two sons grew up. They started just new life. I met someone else who, who loves me, someone who cares about me, someone who really makes me happy. And then I decided to, to leave my husband and my, my sons, they have own life, and to start the new life and, and divorce my husband. And I came with this rosary beads because that is something what I have to close this chapter of my life. And then to have kind of the approval from Blessed Virgin Mary what I'm doing. She will, I was hoping that she will understand me, what I'm going through as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. And she said, when I came and I was praying and trying to leave these rosary beads, something struck me. Something changed my mind. I understood that, that, that this decision is totally wrong. I can't leave my husband. I can't leave my boys, my family. And all this kind of the imaginable happiness with the other men is not true. I promise for good and bad. I, I promise to be with my husband to the rest of my life. And then she said to me, Our Lady just changed my heart. She saved me, and then I, I want you to know that, and I want you to, to tell others even that she changed my heart. She has the power to, to, to change the life. And then I'm going back home to my husband and to my sons. I was really amazed how beautiful and how simple that situation was. But again, this is the, the moment when we can come to Our Lady and ask for all the support and blessings. And this is a truly the power of the Rosary. When you pray and sometimes they say, boring, how many more times I have to repeat this Hail Marys, how many times I have to take this Rosary beads to, 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 to my hands, uh, don't worry, take it, <laughs> take it. It is the full power there. will save your life, will save your relationship, will save uh, whatever choices in your life you will take. She will take care about that. And that's why this devotion to Our Lady, it is one of the most beautiful. And that's why she is the one who really, behalf of us, took everything and then brought salvation to, to each one of us. Amen. <laughs> 
That was Father Albert Bobsniowski with Who is Mary and How Does She Change Lives? For more from the Immaculata Mission School, visit cradio.org.au.